Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Well, I guess we're on again. Hey, welcome back. Baseball Mainly. Yeah, Baseball Mainly here with uh, Tom Mazaway in the studio. I'm Jess Monticello. And uh, very excited today. Uh, We've got a special guest going to be on the phone that... uh, you know, I'm going to be effusive about because I'm a big fan. Uh, but <laughs> can you uh, bef- control yourself? Yeah, I'll try. All right. But uh, until we, uh, before we do that, let's uh, l- let's give a little credit to our sponsors: Century Mortgage Lending, two four eight two five eight forty nine seventy seven. It is time to refinance. Uh, rates aren't going to be this low again for a long, long time. That's my prediction. Uh, Century Mortgage Lending is a in uh, Birmingham, Michigan. They do refinances. They'll help you get pre-approved to purchase a home. Might be a great time to buy. Rates are low. Probably there's some people out there that need to sell. Might find yourself a bargain. Get pre-approved, 248-258-4977, or check them out on the web, centuryml.com. Their NMLS number, 134525. Give them a call, 248-258-4977. Talk to Elizabeth or Paul and tell them uh, folks at Baseball Mainly said for you to call. Please do that. We appreciate their sponsorship. Well, a uh, lot going on. I know you're going to talk later today about uh, a college that got out, of, a, a D1 college that got out of baseball. I know. What the has Mac, happened? The MAC man? conference is going through some changes right now. They're dropping sports. Trying to save money. Today, Central dropped uh, track and field, men's indoors and outdoors. Save them 600000 I mean, uh, last week, uh, a couple days ago, Bowling Green dropped out of baseball. I mean, you drop men's baseball. So when you drop in men's baseball with the whole Title IX thing, do you drop women's softball? I'm not sure. But you know what? CMU, I know, has fallen below the FBS regulations that you have to have more than five men's sports to have football. And they've dropped below that now. So I don't know how they're going to dance around that when it comes to down to football season. Well, what are they going to do uh, at Where's Waldo Stadium if that happens? <laughs> oh, you got to play, man. I mean, football's the king. You know that. Yeah. Well, those are the money sports, football yeah. and basketball, That's right? That's it, one, two. But one is very far ahead of two, I think, football rules. Yeah, it's it's a shame, man. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it's all due to this COVID. virus? It is. It's all the COVID. It's put people out of business. There's... And there's restaurants that aren't going to come back from this. Little stores aren't going to come back from this. It's it's a it's a sin. It really is a shame, and it's not anyone's fault. It is what it is. The the infection's out there, the virus is out there. I mean, you can say let's go back to work. Lots of people have. There's a lot more people on the road. There's a lot more people in this parking lot uh, every time I come back here. But we're not sure if it's if it's gone or not. So we have to hope and pray that it just doesn't bounce back. I'm, I'm, you know, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm tired of this. I know you are. So is everyone. You know, you can't. Last time we talked, I, I was just like in a funk. Yeah. And uh, that's not like me. I'm usually pretty happy. I got a lot to be happy about. You're a happy-go-lucky guy. Matter of fact, I yelled at you the last two times I I came in. Oh man, it's, it's depressing. And then when I go home, my wife wants to clean the house. (laughs) Which it needs, hey, you know. Obviously, we're constantly uh, doing things. We have so many projects going on now. And how about this? My refrigerator breaks this weekend. Ugh. The refrigerator's done. 
I have my 50-year-old refrigerator in the basement that we stocked everything in. That's running. But the 12-year-old one took a took a crap. But tell us what brand the one in the basement is. I can't even remember. Uh, I can't even remember. I mean, it's one had, of the old Warriors. Yeah, we had a Philco when yeah. I was a kid. I don't think they make those anymore. I think that was a part of Ford Motor Company. Really? Yeah. Uh, anyway. They make light bulbs, don't they? Philco? Philco? I don't know. Yeah, I think they I think did. it was Philco Ford at the yeah, time. Yeah, I think they put, uh, like... Car lights out, you know, like headlights and stuff like that. That's where I remember that Philco brand. I remember putting headlights in my car, $4.50 or something like that at Walmart or uh, Kmart. Yeah. You could buy a light bulb. You put it in a bulb for your car. Your it's easy, headlight. right? Just and unscrew just, the lens, and put you, it in? And you adjust the little screw for the direction, and it was you were all set, man. Put the little cover on, and you're ready to go. Now you want a headlight for your car, it's probably 500 bucks for some technician to take it out and put it put a whole unit back in. It's not that much but yeah it's it's up there it's crazy well we have do we have our guest on the phone do you know i'm not sure yeah probably all right oh yeah he's on the phone he's on the phone hear he, he, telling me he hears us uh, bitching about uh i want to ask him about uh about the mac and uh Dropping baseball, bowling green, dropping baseball. Make sure you ask him about that. Well, you know, you yell at me when I get, uh, when I become a groupie yeah. for our guests. You get all girly. So maybe you should, <laughs> maybe you should inter- inter- introduce. No, no, no. This guests. is all you. This is all you. Hey, what, with us today is uh, Tom Brookins, uh, probably, certainly in my top three on that '84 team. Uh, one of my favorite judges from fantasy camp, and. Uh, just a great baseball guy. Tom, welcome to the show. It's Tom Brookins. Guys, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I've been listening to you. I've been getting a, a pretty good chuckle out of some of the things you got. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering if that refrigerator came in on the stagecoach, or did you, did you, how did they get that to you anyway? Oh, man, Tommy. They don't make them like they used to. I can promise you that. My 12-year-old yeah. refrigerator goes out. The 50-year-old one in the basement that eats up all the energy, that one's still kicking. <laughs> well, I think there's there might be something to that. You're right. You're not kidding. You're not kidding. Hey, uh, Tom, I, I've got to tell you something. Uh, uh, I've got a couple couple things that are my favorite memories of you. One is from Fantasy Camp, sitting at breakfast at the Holiday Inn, and you were sitting with Ernie Harwell, telling him whatever stories he was asking you about, and he's writing things down on a 3 by 5 card. And it just impressed me at how he was always a student of what was going on. What a great man. And uh, Well, very few people uh, like Ernie Harwell. He's probably considered, <laughs> in my mind also, one of the nicest gentlemen I've ever met. And I used to tell him, you know, Ernie, anybody that can watch the game that we played and make it sound like we really were trying and knew what we were doing, you're a miracle worker right there, <laughs> I tell you. But what a fine gentleman and, and always an upbeat guy. You talk about always, you were talking earlier about trying to stay positive and all this craziness. And, and I can't think of a time in all the years I was around Ernie Harwell that, that he wasn't in a positive mood. It was amazing. Yeah, what a great man. Uh, and uh, what a loss when he, he's gone. I guess we're, none of us are going to get out of here alive. But, man, Ernie Harwell is just a guy that, he was baseball to me all my life. Ernie Harwell listening to him on the radio, and it, he just painted a picture. He had a hell of a run, didn't he? 
Hey, the other thing I remember about Tom Brookins besides fantasy camp is being able to go to Tiger Stadium before a game, watch batting practice, and watch you take ground balls at third. Watch you just work every game I ever went to. You were out there taking grounders and just beautiful form. Well, that was – I don't know what happened when the game started. But <laughs> in practice, I was pretty good. But, you know, that was uh, – it's a good point you bring up when we we always – we had our routines, batting practice, take your fungos, get your ground balls. Plus, we took infield almost every day. It was uh, – which is a thing of the past. And, and uh, I, I think uh, – I don't know if – if it really means a lot, but it did seem to prepare you. I know I'd get tired of it, honestly. Uh, when Every day we'd have to take infield, and we'd all be thinking, wow, can't we just take the day off from infield? But but in a way, it prepared you and got you ready. Plus, I think, really, it was probably more for the fans than anything that they got a chance to come see BP, and then they saw the, each team take the take around to infield. And, and uh, I think it was a fan-oriented thing as much as any anything. Well, I enjoyed watching it, and I, uh, I tried to emulate it when I played, uh, at least the form. I certainly can't imagine being able to throw a ball across the infield. What is it, 120-some uh, feet from third base to first base? Effortless. And just like it's nothing. Amazing. So I, well, we, if you take enough grounders, I guess you start to get into some good habits, hopefully, and, and – uh, Actually, moving around the infield uh, like I did, playing some short, playing some second, and uh, third base never seemed like uh, really too bad a throw. I I actually found that shortstop uh, I thought was always a little tougher throw, and then, of course, any ball up the middle when you were playing second base became a, a little bit tougher play. Third base always seemed to be everything's moving toward first and you just turn her loose. Yeah. Hey, Tommy, I wanted to ask you about uh, some of your favorite players. Like, yesterday was Brooks Robinson's 83rd birthday. One of, to me, probably the greatest third baseman that ever laced him up. I'm from uh, New Jersey, New York. I got to watch Greg Nettles play third for the Yankees. Here's a guy that really was an underappreciated guy and a guy you played against uh, in the 84 World Series. Who, who did you like? Uh, who was some of your favorite guys uh, growing up? Well, uh, you know, I I was a Yankee fan, believe it or not. I live in Pennsylvania, which in, in our area, there, of course, there was a Yankee, a lot of Yankee fans everywhere, no matter where you live. But I'm not uh, too far from Baltimore, so the Orioles were actually the the biggest team in our area, even with the Phillies and the Pirates being Pennsylvania. But uh, uh, you know, I was a I was a Yankee fan. Mickey Mantle, you know, Yogi Bear, and those guys. We when I was a kid growing up. Uh, I was lived on a dairy farm, grew up on a dairy farm, so we didn't have a lot of vacations. But uh, when we did, we'd load up and go down to Baltimore and see the Yankees play the Orioles in a twilight doubleheader. That was our family vacation. So love it. It was it was to go down and watch the Yankees and the Orioles get after it. But uh, as a player, I one of my favorite players. Uh, was George Brett. I don't know. I just always uh, Terrific. looked at him and thought, you know, they, here was a guy that, that I that I respected, certainly, uh, as a tremendous ball player. But 
as a player, I think he was one of my favorite players while I was a player. One of the best hitters, I would think, in, in baseball history. He's got to be up there. Yeah, certainly I agree. in the modern era. He could do it all. He was he, he played a great third base, and he could, well, certainly hit uh, better than most and, and uh, one of the best, like you said, of all time. And good speed. He could steal bases. He was just a power. play hard. Every, yep. day you pl- every day you see him play, he's he's playing hard and getting after it. So I, I like George Brett. I watched the Pine Tar game the other day. Uh, MLB Network had that on. And, you know, as a Yankee fan, I was so excited. <laughs> but to see that guy run out of that dugout, man, I can't – that picture will always be in my mind. You're right. It's been fun watching some of these older games. I haven't seen very many, but it, uh, without baseball, they certainly uh, <laughs> are putting on some things that we haven't seen, and, they, and they've shown some real classics that have been fun to watch. The 77 World Series was on last night. Game six, Reggie, three pitches, three home runs against the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love these old games. i got to be honest, as big a sports fan as I am, I haven't missed the games as much as I thought I would because I'm watching all of these classics. I I don't know. I just kind of like that bubble. I I I love my childhood. It, it's it's wonderful to see, Tom. Well, it's kind of you're getting to see good games that meant something, and we don't see a lot of the whole uh, the old humdrum games that uh, you come away shaking <laughs> your head and go, "Wow, what what was that all about?" You know. <laughs> Hey, well, I I watched a little. Uh, I watched the end of a game of when uh, Verlander threw a one hitter against um, against the Pirates, and I'm watching. I think it's going to be a no hitter, right? I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I watched the eighth it's exciting. inning. Eighth inning. He's he's in the eighth yeah. inning. He threw a pitch 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm like, no, he's unhittable. Harrison comes up in the ninth inning. Yeah, he throws him a changeup. He's out on his front foot. The bat is probably the bat head is probably three, four feet in <laughs> front of the plate. He just makes contact and loops it into center field. Oh. That's the that's the only hit of the game. Do you remember a game that Milt Wilcox pitched? Oh, I I certainly do. <laughs> I, I was we I, they just I guess you, they had the the Jack Morris no hitter on here the other yep. week. And uh, and certainly I re- although I had to watch that game to remember uh, really uh, too much about it. I I did remember a few things that stuck out in my mind, and uh, but it made me think of Milt's game, and that was that was just as big a heartbreaker as almost uh, Galarraga in his in his uh, ex uh, when when they missed messed up the play yep. at first. Jim base. Joyce, but, Jim uh, Joyce, but yep. Milt. Had the perfect game going. Jerry Harrison, of course, one of the one of the premier pinch hitters of all time. Quite honestly, I mean, he he stepped up and banged a nice line drive single to center on the first. I believe maybe the first pitch it was, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a good one. It's it's a, it's nerve wracking to play the field in a perfect game. It's not so bad in a no hitter because you know if you boot one, well at least he still has the no hitter and, and that you don't lose that. But you uh, you tend to think uh, you know how the old saying is you're out there and you're going ah hit it to me I'll finish this thing out. That's the last thing in your mind. You're going oh my don't hit it down here. Whatever you do don't hit don't hit one down here. I uh, but that that was a that was an amazing day. You know Tom I, I now this may just be something he said. Uh, having a drink in, at, at the Holiday Inn. But uh, Wilcox said, 
that was the only pitch he he shook Parrish off the whole game. Uh, he ought to know. I I don't recall. <laughs> I, I you know I see what's being thrown. I can kind of peek in there and know what pitches are being thrown. And Tram would let me know too. Sometimes when I couldn't see what when there was a change up and things like that, we had some signals. But uh, yeah, uh, that may be true. He he may have he may have shaken him off at the wrong time. Well, uh, Tom, uh, you played with uh, three Hall of Famers so far. Uh, at least on the Tigers from that team. Sparky Anderson. Tell, tell us about Sparky Anderson. You know, Sparky was, well, Sparky had just become the manager uh, in in 79 when he when they let uh, Les Moss go. And, uh, and I had played for Les Moss for four straight seasons in the minor leagues, two years in double A, two years in triple A. And, and, uh, and when Les became the manager, I thought this could be a good break for me because I played for him, and and he knows what I can do. But then maybe that works against you when he knows what you can do. But, <laughs> but Sparky uh, became the manager, and uh, and I got called up uh, probably within a month or so after he became the major league manager. And I always said uh, this guy must be a genius. I mean, how you know to see that opportunity to get me to the big leagues? Uh, this guy's a brain, you know. But he was a, you know, he was kind of a father figure in a way. I mean, not. I mean, I don't want to say that, but he was coming over from the big red machine, and had plenty of success. But he was he ruled the ship. I mean, there was no question about Sparky. Who was in charge when he was when he was a the manager there? There was no, uh, you knew Jim Campbell was up in the front office, but you knew Sparky was running the show, and he and he always treated me great. I mean, he never asked me to do anything but one thing. I can remember when I first came to the big leagues, and he told me, uh, "I don't know how long you'll be here. Uh, who knows? None of us know that." But he said, "I'm only ever going to ask one thing of you." And that's to give me 100% every day, and we'll get along just fine. And that's what I tried to do. Uh, I thought I liked Sparky. I enjoyed playing for him. Uh, he treated me well. And and he was he was the kind of guy that just, am I aware of the highway? Yes, he was a little bit like that. But you got to remember, we were a bunch of young guys. We were a lot of guys come up in that era, and, you know, we had – Oh man, Gibby and Jack and Tram and Lou and and uh, you know Petrie and and uh, you know you can Hojo was in there and I mean there was a lot of players that come up and we were young players and I think Sparky tried to mold us into being professional big league ball players. He was he was really about that also that he he wanted us to understand you go out and you play the game the way it's supposed to be played. But you have a respect for the game. There's a there's a way to be a big league ball player and a way to do it right. And he was a stickler for that type of thing. Hey, we're talking to Tom Ath, uh, Tom, uh, Tom. We're talking. <laughs> talking to Tom Brookins here on baseball mainly. Uh, Tom, really, really a thrill to have you here. Uh, you, you talk about Sparky being in charge. How did that work when he'd come out to the mound when uh, Morris was in a little trouble? <laughs> I tried not to go over there. I kind of stayed stayed out of that mix, unless unless I wanted to go over just to hear what was going on. But but uh, my, you know, Jack was 
Jack was Jack. He was very competitive, hard-headed, and he uh, he would uh, challenge Sparky at times, I think, a little bit with, uh, with maybe a decision he was thinking about. So there was uh, – when I think sometimes when Sparky came to the mound – uh, he didn't really know what what he might do, and I think a lot of times Jack would uh, try and uh, maybe persuade him to keep him from taking him out. But uh, they they uh, they got along well, though. They, there was no question that they both respected each other and and both realized they were in this thing to try and win. Hey, Tommy, do you remember what Ernie Harwell nicknamed you? Well, he he gave me the the uh, Pennsylvania poker. Yep. I know that one. And, <laughs> That's uh, the one I was going for. <laughs> I'm not sure worry how he came up with it or where he came up with it, but uh, I didn't mind it. Anything Ernie said, that was okay by me. Uh, it was but, a play uh, yeah, on the song. It was the song, the Pennsylvania polka. So he, yes. he named you the Pennsylvania poker. <laughs> it's very yeah. cool. Uh, any like I said, anything Ernie did was okay by me. <laughs> Well, you, you mentioned uh, Tram would give you some uh, some signals on what what was being thrown. Uh, what was it like playing with Alan Trammell, another Hall of Famer? Finally, well, you know he uh, Tram and Lou came up. Uh, they came up just a little bit before me, and uh, actually I was in the minor leagues the same time they were. And and uh, you know that I was in Triple A when him and Lou were in Double A. So they kind of skipped the triple-A and went straight to the major leagues. And I was not doing too bad in triple-A, and I, I I didn't think very much of that. I thought, hey, <laughs> man, I'm here in triple-A doing pretty well, and, and these guys are jumping triple-A and going to the big leagues. Uh, uh, and I, you know, I, I would played with Tram a little bit, some some in double-A at one time, and but I knew they were good players and, and – uh, they, they it, to me, it's just amazing the the longevity that they were able to stay together. I mean, Tram Tram was a was a treat. As he was probably what I would consider my best friend when I was playing with the Tigers. Uh, him and I would hang together and run together, and and our wives were good friends, and and so we we did a lot a lot of stuff together. But I mean. He's just a solid performer. I mean, Tram was the kind of guy that when you think uh, flashy, I don't know if I would say he was flashy, but I would say if you hit a ground ball to short, you're out. And if you needed a big hit, he's probably the guy I wanted to come to the plate. So, uh, And Lou, I think Lou was probably uh, – he might have been a better ball player than Tram, to be honest with you. He, he probably, you know, maybe talent-wise – uh, he played a tremendous second base. This guy's his ability to cover the ground and make the plays. He had a better arm than Tram and I both. Lou did. That's how strong an arm he had. And and he's the kind of guy that, that never said much. He was real quiet. He just went out every day. You know, you just see him. He'd be smiling and laughing. And and he just between them two, Detroit is so lucky and fortunate. Uh, to have something like that happen for the fans, uh, like it did, they, they're both just—they're both Hall of Famers in my mind. Don't get just started on uh, Lou uh, <laughs> not getting in the Hall of Fame and Bill Mazeroski being in the Hall of Fame. Well, speaking speaking of Mazeroski, and nothing against Mazeroski, he had he had a, he was a good ball. Player. He didn't have Lou numbers. He was Mazeroski was a good player. Yeah, but he's in the Hall of Fame because of one home run. 
But if he's qualified for the Hall of Fame, you know who has virtually the same OPS as Bill Mazeroski? Let me guess. Tom Brookes. <laughs> wow. How in the heck did he get in? Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, uh, Tom, I, I, I loved watching you play because I think you gave that 100% all the time. I loved I loved watching, the, especially that 84 team play, because, man, there was talent and there was hustle. I think about Lemon going to first base. If he thought that throw was going to be off, he dove into first base. Yeah, You don't see major leaguers do that. They're not afraid very of getting often. hurt, and I don't blame them. But... Well, that, that just, that's also a thing that, that, that Sparky hated that. Sparky oh, sure. used to find – he used to find Chet every time he dove into first base. He said, every time you dive into first base, I'm finding you. But Chet, he just couldn't break himself of it. That Every time it got to be a close play, the next thing he was diving. And, and Sparky would find him a little bit. But uh, And we used to tell him, Chet, just run through the bag. You're going to get there quicker anyway. And uh, he just had one of them things where he just – he. If it was close and it was the throw was anywhere off toward him, he was diving. Well, you know, I, it's the hustle thing, you know, you think of somebody like Gibson. There's a guy, man, I wouldn't want to be Pat Borders catching when Gibson's playing. No way. I mean, just the, the crazy collisions at the plate, the hardness that he would go into second base. Hey, Tommy, can you hang on? We're going to take a quick break. Sure. All right. Thank you, Tom. More with Tom Brookins. Yeah, well. For Jess Monticello and uh, Tom Mazaway, this is uh, Baseball Mainly. Let's play two.